0: The tall guy is back and brought a blizzard with him. Welcome back to Tell Tom Shemansky. Oh
1: gosh, I'd have it no other way.
0: I know. I mean, at <laughs> least you just—you were so desperate to have something to talk about when you got back.
1: I'd rather <laughs> talk about what happened yesterday. <laughs> you know, that was wonderful.
0: Yeah, that
2: it, really was. Okay, it. I mean, this is probably one of the most drastic changes in weather I have ever been a part of. Mm. I mean, especially for February, right? Grilling in February usually means. That, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if the propane tank goes out, I'm eating cold ribs. Mm-hmm. But last night I grilled. It was beautiful. We walked the dog forever. Everybody was out. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the night, I wake up and it is winter with a fury.
1: Yeah. I grilled a couple of days ago and it's like, wow, this is amazing. And uh, my project as I kind of kind of knew that there was going to be a change coming in. I mean, I just knew it. So I cleaned my charcoal grill out, and I'm glad I did. Covered it back up just in time before this hit. And uh, Bismarck, for example, I don't know what the record for Fargo is, but I heard that Bismarck had its all-time greatest 24-hour temperature change, and they had a 64-degree drop from yesterday to today
2: Inter- okay, in so- 24 hours. But uh, but not not for Fargo. We've seen something more drastic. Or the, is oh, I don't know what the record is for
1: Fargo. I I haven't I haven't, uh, I haven't uh, researched that. But you know the lowest temperature so far at the airport so far has been seven. And uh, yesterday we had 61, so that's a uh, that's a 54 degree drop.
2: That's pretty did, good. Did we set a record yesterday? Yeah, for we did. High? We
1: sure did. Yep. We did. Yep, we had a record high yesterday of 61. I think the old record was 59. So
0: wow, yeah, we
1: we eclipsed that. We've had uh, a good share of records uh, this winter. I kind of like it. And prior to today's snow, we were in uh, fourth place all time on the least snowiest winters. Okay, on record. Now this will knock us back a little bit because. Uh, I, I wait to see what the official total is, but I've measured about 3.3, 3, and it's a very difficult measurement because of the blowing and drifting. And the obvious uh, temptation for a lot of amateur snow measurers out there is to look out there and measure the snow in the deepest spots, the drifts. Uh, that is not uh, the official measurement. What you got to do is you got to take a yardstick or ruler or whatever you have and go out in about 10 different spots, measure the deepest spots, measure the least. least deepest spots in order to places where there's very little, uh, and then measure several places in between, and then take an average of that, and that's where you get your snowfall total.
2: Okay. Um,
1: so three point three here. There was a, there were some eight to nine, ten inch snowfall totals up uh, from um, Grand Forks, just south of Grand Forks, over toward the east central part of North Dakota, right around that Highway 200 corridor, and into parts of west, uh, western and northwest Minnesota. So some places got plenty of it, and then on the other hand, there were others in west central Minnesota didn't even see a flake.
0: You know, uh, yesterday we were chatting with Daryl Richardson while you were away, Tom, mm-hmm. and um, and he was talking about how how advanced today is and how we can actually warn people about these storms and how mm-hmm. deadly us uh, so I think someone texted in and said their grandpa called these the pioneer killers yeah. uh because you know think of our shift mm-hmm. in in weather from yesterday to today it it could be absolutely deadly mm-hmm. if we weren't living in the times we are today and we even posted uh, another listener brought our attention to this documentary that was done in the late 80s about uh, February 1984. It 1984. It? Yeah, Janelle yes. tells me about that one. 16 Hours Behind the White Wall is the name yep. of the documentary. It's on KFGO's homepage if you want to go check it out. But mm. that's all I could think about this morning when I was trying to get to work. I was like, wow, this really is a pioneer killer blizzard. I mean, yeah. this is this is a, a, some dangerous conditions we had today. And right off of what you said it was a record-breaking high yesterday.
1: Yeah, and, you know... Things have changed dramatically. Uh, the the famous Armistice Day snowstorm of 1941, or the pioneers, as you were talking about, they were you know it was pre it wasn't quite pioneers, but it was still way back in the day, and people were totally caught off guard by uh, temperatures having reached the 50s and 60s, and all of a sudden dropping down to zero with a heavy snowstorm. A lot of people were caught off guard outside without jackets, and a lot of people perished in that. And historically, you can go back in the records of a lot of these storms that didn't get predicted because we didn't have the technology to do so. And you mentioned that 1984 storm. As I, as I told you, Janelle remembers that when I talked to some people who do recall that. Now, that was 40 years ago, and I was I was doing weather 40 years ago. And I, I can recall the technology we had then we thought was just amazingly superior. And obviously it was compared to what there was prior to it. But we have come a long way since 1984. It does not mean, though, that we're always going to be exactly 100% accurate for every spot. But we can cover a forecast like this much more so than we could 40 years ago. So people uh, at least should have been warned about the big change coming our way today versus yesterday. Well,
2: right. and Tom, I have to imagine it's can be a lot more localized too, right? Like that's part of the mm-hmm. technology is, you know, the difference between Fargo to Hillsboro to Grand Forks. You're not just talking about an entire region. You're talking, you can get more specific down to, you know, like, Hey, no, South of County road 25, mm-hmm. you know, um, Tom, mm-hmm. I got a question about technology. So yesterday, my phone buzzes at 724, says a winter storm warning has been issued for my area. Then today at 942, I get another text that says a blizzard warning has been issued for the area. Mm-hmm. Can you walk me through a winter storm warning versus a blizzard warning?
1: Okay, so and that's a good question. I'm glad you asked it because I still get questions all the time about what is a blizzard. because And I try to talk about it as much as I can, but uh, I guess you can never talk about it enough because everybody's not always listening at the same time so here's the deal uh we'll start with a winter storm warning a winter storm warning can be issued for a variety of things it can be issued for either a heavy snow b freezing rain sleet uh, c high winds causing blowing and drifting snow or d any other combination above okay there's criteria for heavy snow and that is uh, uh, six inches in a 12-hour period or eight inches or more in a 24-hour period Uh, That's immaterial, but we're talking about snow amounts here. Whereas a blizzard warning does not necessarily have to involve any snowfall. It is a visibility term, so if you go three hours or more consecutive where the visibility is under 500 feet and or the wind speeds are at least 35 miles per hour, that is the criteria for issuing a blizzard warning. So you can have a blizzard when it's totally sunny outside, Whereas on the other hand, you can have just a winter storm if you get two feet of snow. That would not be a blizzard. If it snows two feet but the wind is not that strong, that is not a blizzard. Then I see the national media, other media sources totally messing up this term so many times. They'll just talk about any storm being a blizzard when, in fact, that has to involve a lot of wind.
2: Sure. So, yeah. and, and and they're not mutually exclusive, right? Like you don't always have to start with a winter storm warning and then progress to a blizzard. You could have a blizzard warning. Uh, mm-hmm. like you said, on, on a sunny day where just the wind is enough to whip that snow around and reduce that visibility.
1: Well, what happened with this, and this is what happens more often than not, and sometimes the winter storm watch isn't issued because it comes upon us so fast and it kind of catches us off guard, but the weather service, and by the way, the weather service folks, uh, they are in charge of issuing any weather headlines we have. I don't issue those. I basically just relay those. So with this system, we started off with a winter storm watch, okay? So the watch is in effect... Uh, two to three days in advance of the arrival of a system. Okay, so the next step is, what do we do with that watch once this thing gets closer? Either A, the total headline will be just wiped off the map because the whole thing just disintegrated and nothing, in fact, is going to happen or it's just going to miss us. B, it'll be upgraded to a weather advisory, which is sort of a... uh, a smaller scale version of a winter storm with less amounts of precipitation, wind, etc. Or C, elevated to a winter storm warning. Sometimes you can skip straight from a winter storm watch to a blizzard warning if things blow up really quickly.
0: Okay. Can you imagine what this storm would have been had we all had existing snow on the ground? This would have been a bad one. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> don't and, you think? <laughs> well, bad enough even with what we little right. bit we got. I mean,
0: it was it was horrible with what we have. I mean, the driving yeah. conditions out there are are real bad. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been out, don't go out. Uh, when does this the blizzard? 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Tonight. So we're going to have wind through this evening then.
1: Yeah, even beyond 6 p.m. There'll be enough wind to cause some problems out there. It just won't be a blizzard criteria. I got to admit to you, though, I was a little bit surprised that uh, a lot of areas got as much snow as they did, Mm -hmm. mainly because of how warm it's been lately and the ground was warm. So what happened was the snow, where it did pile up in the highest areas just north of Fargo and into northwest Minnesota, came down oh so very hard and especially during the nighttime periods. That it had a tendency to pile up pretty quick.
0: Yeah, interesting. Um, Also, if you look at the travel information map, of course, Mm -hmm. a lot of no travel advised. Um, this is just not a good, I think as Daryl put it yesterday, I said, are we going to have about a bad 48 hours? And he said a bad 36 hours. He thought.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. I agree. I think that uh, up until roughly 10 PM or so tonight, uh, it'll be kind of rough out there from the blowing snow standpoint. Uh, after that, it's just plain cold with the wind dying down tomorrow, just a, just a cold day. I mean, there's not going to be much wind tomorrow. Tomorrow evening, kind of chilly, but I'll tell you what, after that, we really move up. It's kind of a tricky temp forecast, guys. The numbers I have on here, uh, they could in some areas be subject to adjustment because when there's uh, the areas that get a lot of snow, it may not, in fact, hit 56 in some spots where there's more snow. But no matter what the number is, we are going to warm up in a huge way Thursday, Friday, and into the weekend. It's just amazing how this uh, topsy-turvy temperature teeter-totter is going (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday today. On a today. Tuesday yeah. today. Yeah. Over the weekend, I watched a program. This is a text in at 35270. Over the weekend, I watched a program about the 1957 Fargo uh, tornado. Mm. They mentioned that the corn crop provided the monster for that storm. Are crops used in weather forecasting today?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Well, what happens, and that's an interesting point, too, Um A lot of times when you in the summertime, in the mid to late summer, the crops, not just the corn crops, but any crops and trees for that instance, they give off moisture as well. We call that evapotranspiration, uh, the combination of evaporation, which just occurs when the uh, moisture condenses and evaporates into the air, and transpiration, which comes from crops and plants and all that. So in that particular summer, uh, this was June, uh, there had to have been a lot of moisture, so the, the crops were giving off a lot of moisture into the air, which in turn... Raises that dew point, and when you have higher dew points, that it gives you more of a favorable environment for severe weather and tornadoes.
0: Mm, interesting,
1: yeah, that's a that's an interesting point that they talked about that way back in
0: 1957. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I don't know what it was, I watched a program about that, I don't know what it was called. If you want to text back in, if you remember what you were watching, mm-hmm. um, we'll throw that out if in case others are are interested in that as well. So um, a lot of weather chat. You came back on a good day. We're happy to see you back in the building, (laughs) tall guy. Well, I'm
1: glad I could help. I mean, uh, it's just amazing how I come back and then this happens and we haven't had this hardly all winter. Uh, The good news is for people who, well, okay, two ways to look at it. If you like snow, you're happy today, okay? (laughs) If you don't like snow, bear in mind, a lot of it's going to melt real quick. So you make the decision. Do you blow it today or you just let let her ride?
0: Waited out. Yeah. JJ's already. I mean, JJ was singing that yesterday. Oh. He was. He was already out with his don't shovel propaganda yep. yesterday. I'm big
2: into it, baby. He's big into let just... let mother nature do the heavy lifting.
1: <laughs> Unless if you look at snow shoveling as a personal hobby, then in which right. case I encourage you to go out and by the <laughs> way, stop in my driveway and do it too if you want. I don't yeah. care.
0: I mean, if you need to keep the kids busy, they're home from school. Put them to work. Put them to work a little bit. That's let's, what my dad did with shovel. us. Yeah. Get
1: out there and work if it's a school day. <laughs>
0: We would always drive up to the house, and it was like, "You drive over it; it's yours, Mom. Don't drive <laughs> uh, in that driveway." Uh, now that we, I will. Knew, I will attest to. We, we knew we had to shovel, and we were like, "Don't you dare drive over that; it's yours." <laughs> uh, okay, to tell Tom Schmanski, thanks again. You we bet. Appreciate Take care. It. Huh? Don't worry; he's not going anywhere. He's got the forecast for you all day here on the Mighty Seven Hundred and Ninety KFGO.